Welcome to the Past Life Awakening Institute podcast. I'm Mark Beale, a past life regression therapist and trainer. Each episode shines a light on healers who practice spiritual regression therapies like hypnosis and hypnotherapy with regression to this life, past lives, between lives and spirit releasement therapy. If you're interested in having personal sessions or certification training in any of these modalities, go to my pastlifeawakeninginstitute.com website for details. So thanks for watching and enjoy this episode. Today my guest is Miag Majgal Purev. She's a past life and spirit releasement therapist born in Mongolia and based in Fukuoka, Japan, and she gives sessions online. Miag Majgal is her Mongolian name. She also goes by Meg. So Meg is a psychologist working in the Psychological and Psychometrics Institute of Mongolia, and she's now in Japan doing a PhD in Kyushu University. She lectures and does research on the social and cultural and psychological aspects of migration. She discovered Dr. Brian Weiss's books on past life regression and then introduced hypnotherapy into her practice. She then took advanced training at the Past Life Awakening Institute and does a lot of work in past life regression and spirit releasement therapy. You can find her at her website, miagmajigal.com, which is in Mongolian, and it's going to be in English very soon. And you can contact her uh, by her email, and these links will be in the description below, so check those out. But for now, Meg, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for inviting me uh, uh, to your podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for being here. So it's good to be able to, to chat. We've uh, met a number of times before going through case studies and uh, and aspects of these therapies. So uh, for people that are watching, you can go to the timestamp. So we'll get, get to some, some nice stories that are coming up soon, um, but we'll start off by your background's pretty interesting there. So you're, you've got work as a psychologist or training as a psychologist. So you can tell us a little bit about you know, that healing path in, in psychology first. I was trained in psychology and I worked in um, both research and practice for uh, some time, um, over six years in Mongolia before I came to Japan. For Mongolia, psychology is a relatively new field. And um, that was one of the, uh, um, you know, the reasons why I really wanted to, uh, to, just to study psychology and contribute to the mental um, health and well-being of Mongolian people. You had quite a bit of experience working with people on uh, mental and emotional issues. And then you picked up the book by Brian Weiss, I think that was like 2014, and got interested in past life regression. So what was that like of, uh, you know, there are emotional and mental issues, but then there are spiritual issues. So what, with that sort of classical scientific background, what was it like to discover some of the spiritual aspects of hypnotherapy and Brian Weiss? Actually, I was not really interested in uh, doing psychotherapy or counseling in the beginning. I was more interested in carrying on doing research but there were a limited number of people who could uh, provide service. I had to automatically, automatically get into the practice side of it. And when I started practicing, I found out that uh, what we were trained at and uh, uh, what I have been tra uh, receiving training in had not really been enough to resolve many of the uh, emotional and psychological issues. And, um, uh, and I went through a lot of research to really find out what is the um, maximum um, or the optimal optimal result that we get using the traditional psychological and psychotherapeutic techniques. But it was really, really limited. 
for example, phobia uh, can be uh, healed using CBT and other techniques, but still um, the, um, the rate of, of uh, uh, recovery was very low. And I knew that there was something more to that instinctively. So I was always looking for some th that something more. And uh, in 2014, I found uh, uh, Brian Weiss's uh, Brian Weiss books and um, started reading through it just out of interest. And, and then I found out that uh, there were many issues that could be healed using uh, past life regression therapy. And it, it instantly made some sense. And uh, I always had this um, you know, dream of learning a past life regression uh, therapy technique to integrate it into other psychotherapy technique to um, uh, achieve more uh, you know, deeper healing. And, uh, and also um, it's, it's, it's a very complementary, uh, uh, it's a very good complementary technique to psychotherapy because um, in psychotherapy, uh, many, professionals look at hypnotherapy as being somewhat controversial issue. Some uh, also believe that through, you know, recalling uh, painful memories under hypnosis, uh, you know, re-traumatizes people. But this um, uh, past life regression therapy itself had, pro I would say, higher, it would provide higher point of view to the, um, to the clients. So I could sense that, uh, I could uh, understand that there's something, you know, um, it could be even, it could provide a uh, certain safe, safe environment to um, the client to explore their trauma uh, beyond what we would understand as trauma in psychotherapy. Okay, interesting. So 2014, you discover Brian Weiss and, and connect with it quite quickly. But what was your path then to integrating it and learning more about it? So, and how do you even balance now? Do you still do sessions as a psychologist and then do hypnotherapy or past life regression as well? Or how do you combine or use them now? Um, yes, I do both. Um, and, uh, in, under, my, uh, under the institute where uh, I belong to, I, I practice psychotherapy, but I practice uh, hypnotherapy independently. Uh, however, I while I, I'm working with clients using psychotherapeutic methods, I usually get to this point uh, at, um, I kind of know that it's beyond our psychotherapeutic technique and uh, uh, hypnotherapy, spir especially spiritual hypnotherapy would um, resolve many of the issues that have been, uh, uh, that have not been touched by a psychotherapeutic method. So uh, I could say, uh, I can say that I can, I, I, I combine both in my practice. Okay. How often would that happen? Like what percentage of your clients would you say they need something beyond some of the, the psychotherapy? I would say around 50 to 60%. Wow. That's a lot. Okay. And, uh, and so how do you feel when, how was that actually taken by some of your colleagues? Know, with this controversy you mentioned or you know this uh feeling that you know it may regressing people to past issues may re-traumatize them so do you how did how was it uh, taken by you know part of your scientific healing community and and how have you found your own experience was that something you even thought were you nervous about doing it uh you know years ago but then have found out uh, so what are your views on that now what, what do you say to people that might say oh don't do that you might re-traumatize them or you know regression's dangerous that kind of thing 
Yes, um, I had somewhat somewhat mixed feeling about that, mixed expectations, because being from Mongolia, um, reincarnation and topics around uh, you know that is uh, very common. Uh, because uh, I, I'm not sure about the exact percentage, but the majority of the population practices Tibetan Buddhism. So um, although uh, the professionals have scientific training and background in their daily life, they would hear these topics often. So I knew that it would not be something totally new to them, but at the same time, uh, at this stage in Mongolia, where we are trying to build scientific psychological practices, uh, I knew that there, there would be some people who would uh, go against it, who would criticize it. Um, but uh, our institute, Psychological and Psych uh, uh, Psychometric Institute of Mongolia, they have been quite open to my um, new practice, and uh, they have actually been encouraging their some of their clients to go to come to me because um, uh, they also knew that there were certain uh, limitations in the in our uh, traditional psychological methods. And uh, recently, going beyond that, I started getting invites to uh, podcasts and recommendations by other psychological, you know, institutes and other psychologists. So I think overall they've been quite welcoming. And um, yeah, but uh, of course with certain cautions. Right, that's a good point. And I'm glad you brought that up. There are certain cautions. So I think a blanket statement that, you know, regression is too dangerous for anyone to do, you'll re-traumatize people. I think that's very limiting and in a, a view which is not backed up by a lot of experience that, you know, you, I, and thousands of people have had, but absolutely with some cautions, which is people do need to be well-trained and they need to be, know what they're doing to be able to practice it safely. Even with that though, I find people with, uh, you know, that training doesn't necessarily take a long time and it's not necessarily that complex because the subconscious mind has protective inbuilt elements that will often take care of any of the, you know, possible difficulties that people get it, could get into. Um, so that's interesting that you've got people or the, uh, the institutes, you've got a background there. So in Mongolia, Buddhism is quite big. So people have an inherent understanding of past lives and so we're past life regression therapists so regression can just mean going back recalling some of those memories and and then how they affect us and that the understanding of karma becomes quite important there whether we say it explicitly or not and then you're getting referrals so i was going to ask you uh, what are the kind of people that you work with and how you have this crossover between psychology and past life regression so it sounds like it's it comes up quite a lot that people would want to take that extra step and, and it's getting more supported. So, so when you do get these referrals from, uh, you know, the psychology institutes, uh, what kind of issues are those people having that they think, oh, we might, let's take the, the next step with things like past life regression? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, whether it is referral or not, when most people approach me, they uh, approach me mostly for psychological issues because, uh, uh, many of them got to know about me as a psychologist. So um, uh, people, uh, whether it is referral or not, many people come uh, for depression, anxiety problems, and um, phobias, and um, relationship issues. Yes, 
but uh, mostly uh, it is anxiety or depression. What are the kind of people that come to them? So that's the issue is what about their personality types? Do you find that they are quite spiritual people or, or, or not? Because we may think that, oh, you have to be very into spiritual things to even think about past life regression. Do you find that in your, in your case? None of them approach me for a spiritual reason. Most of them just present their issues, mostly psychological issues or relationship issues. And, uh, and then uh, when I explain my modality, um, I, I explain that you, you may be spiritual or you may not be. It's not, it's not important that you believe in it. It's just important to believe in the process itself. It's not about the assumptions and, uh, uh, and uh, the spiritual beliefs. And um, yeah, and many of them actually uh, had experience with uh, experience working with psychologists. And uh, when they find that they don't have um, the results that they want, uh, would it, they don't uh, find themselves to be recovering uh, that well, uh, they, tend to come to me as a last resort. Okay, yeah, that's that's good. And I think that's that's as it should be. Because a lot of times, you know, if you're a past life regression therapist, you can someone can approach you with a basic issue and you can think, oh, I love past life regression. I'm gonna have to give you this therapy that I love. Whereas that doesn't really doesn't really work like that. I think it's really useful to assess what is the right treatment for them and then give that to them. And it may not be past life regression at all. I think that's one reason why it's really useful to do hypnotherapy uh, because a lot of times the issues, they really start in this life. And so we don't want to make the assumption or presume or push past life regression as like the solution or the cure to things when oftentimes it isn't. But it's quite interesting, even up to 50% of the times there's that extra step that they think they would like. Uh, and then past life regression can be possible. So we're certainly like, neither of us are saying you must do past life regression for everything with everybody. It's absolutely not the case. Would you agree with that? Yes, uh, exactly. And actually, um, after going through their uh, intake form, sometimes I uh, recommend them to go back and work with their psychologist or psychiatrist for some time before coming back to me again. Uh, because that's when I, where, when, I, uh, when I see that people need more like conscious work in an effort to resolve their issues, uh, yeah, so that's how I work. And uh, uh, actually, uh, many of the people uh, who come to me have uh, childhood trauma, childhood traumatic issues. So um, for that, uh, although uh, hypnotherapy can do a lot, uh, psychotherapy can do great work too. And once they uh, have worked a lot at the uh, mostly conscious level, doing a hypnotherapy makes things much easier and resolves the issues really well. Yeah, that's great. That's exactly what I experience as well. So I see a lot of intake forms, maybe people even read Brian Weiss and they're like, oh, I want to do that. But it's but then you look at their issues and it's like, well, there are prerequisites. So you need to do those prerequisites first. Maybe speak to me in a month or a year, and uh, but do the simplest things first, work through some of those issues. And then you know, a lot of the emotional and mental issues can be dealt with with something else but you know as you say if then there's something more that you want to do or if it does appear to be really a, a spiritual only issue now then we can do something but until then do those prerequisites so that makes a lot of sense and well it's quite interesting you're saying 
like the background beliefs of people like it's quite helpful if people come from a culture where reincarnation and buddhism and uh, these things are there although it sounds like a lot of the people are, are pretty secular i find that as well sometimes people either have no interest or belief in past lives until we meet or they may even have an opposite which is the, their particular religion is definitively does not have past lives as a concept in it but they can still take it as a metaphor or as a teaching story or parable which helps them on their healing journey anyway so they don't sort of get caught in too much to this oh do i believe it or not and then consciously analyzing rationalizing going through it they can just experience it go with the process have their results and then integrate it into their life in their own way so do you find that kind of thing and is that part of what helps the you know secular versus spiritual but you can end up just transcending that and and just getting on with it and helping healing people regardless of you know that debate that debate can rage on at the side and we can just heal people and it doesn't matter too much to... yeah exactly uh the most the priority is uh to provide help or to get to get a help um for the client so um yeah, the, the, it, it really uh, transcends those kind of um, belief systems and uh, limitations, I think. Right. Yeah, that's really useful. I'm glad to hear that's happening in, in the environment that you're in, where you are now. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got here? So how did you grow up? Where did you grow up? What was the culture in your town, the culture towards healing uh, and spirituality? So where'd you grow up? Um, I was born in Ulaanbaatar, the capital city of Mongolia. And, but however, I grew up in Darhang, a smaller city in Mongolia. And then um, going to university, I had to move back to Ulaanbaatar. So basically, I grew up in Mongolia until I turned 19. Yeah, and where we uh, grew up, as I said earlier, we practiced Tibetan Buddhism. And also, we uh, have a very... Um, common shamanic practices. So all this spirituality, these kind of topics have been our part of our daily, you know, life. And uh, uh, actually before uh, psychology was introduced around um, 30 years ago, um, people, you know, uh, approached healing as um, something spiritual mostly, although we were under a communist uh, system where uh, the government banned uh, religion for some time, people st still practiced, uh, especially Buddhism, undercover. <laughs> so uh, many people resolved their problems through um, uh, going to monks or uh, psychics and things like that. And after 1990, uh, we became um, uh, a free country, I would say, to practice uh, spirituality. So uh, a lot of people started practicing shamanism and also Buddhist practice became very free. So I kind of grew up in that kind of environment where uh, this kind of spiritual uh, issues or resolving um, problems through spiritual practice uh, in our daily lives. So yeah, so that was my upbringing. However, I was more interested in scientific practice. <laughs> I was interested in resolving people, uh, people's issues through scientific practices. So uh, when I was in my uh, third year in university in Mongolia, I got a chance to study psychology in uh, India. So 
that's how I went um, started my uh, journey in healing, I would say, but uh, it started with uh, scientific psychological um, training. Yes. So after that, uh, yes, I continued practicing psychology and uh, I never really thought I would go back to spirituality <laughs> to, uh, you know, take it as a healing um, modality. Right. I'll just say as a side note, I, I think you went to India, you were in Bangalore about 2008, and I happened to be practicing past life regression in Bangalore in 2008 as well. So we were both there in India together. So India is a nice place to learn. And I'm, I'm just quite curious as well, uh, just before we move on about some of the shamanic traditions that are part of Mongolia. And I know in Tibet and Tibetan Buddhism, that was preceded by a lot of shamanic traditions as well. And then it may have merged some of them in uh, to a degree, or it's certainly still part of the culture. So can you tell us a little bit about were there, and you, you were drawn into the science, you know, as you went off to university, but were there key people or books or teachers in the shamanic tradition or monks, you know, uh, you know, in your earlier days that, that stand out to you or that were influential? My family was not really into shamanism, but uh, as you said, um, uh, like Tibet, uh, Tibetan Buddhism was um, uh, preceded by sh shamanic traditions. So our um, indigenous spiritual uh, practice has been, uh, has always been shamanic. And from uh, 16th century onwards, if I'm not wrong, uh, yeah, we started a practice in Tibetan Buddhism. Uh, so I did not really have much practice with uh, shamanic tradition. However, uh, one thing uh, that was very strange or interesting to me was that every time I meet with Buddhist um, teachers and figures, they were always interested in having conversations with me, uh, although I had very little interest in that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I cannot, before practicing psychology, I cannot really remember anybody who really influenced me when it comes to healing, uh, both uh, psychological and spiritual healing. However, after practicing psychology, I started meeting many uh, more people who teaches Buddhism and also Buddhist, uh, you know, monks, Rinpoches and yeah, and we had, Often we had special connections and many of them would ask me to do translations for them. And uh, I can remember one um, encounter uh, uh, where I had this um, Rinpoche, I uh, can't remember his name. <laughs> yeah, he's a, uh, he's a, uh, he's a very, um, uh, uh, he, he visited Mongolia very often. And when, when my mom asked me to go and visit him, I was very reluctant. And when I visited him, he gave me a Buddhist book and then said, this is a quantum physics book to make me accept a book. So there was always this, those signs. I was always reluctant, but then I always got those signs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, I was actually going to ask you next, um, or we'll come back to the monks, that how they may have influenced you. But then I was going to ask you, have you recalled any of your own past lives? And so maybe there are moments of like awakening where you meet a monk and you're like, oh, you know, that woke me up. But it's like, why do these monks keep on asking me and connecting with me? And and uh, and so then I think that does connect into some of your past lives that I know about. We've done some past life progression together and we recalled some some past lifetimes. So did that then when you realize that it's like, oh, this is why monks have been approaching me or I felt connected to them because in fact I had past lives like that so can you tell us a little bit about 
what you then realize through experiencing your own past lives? Yes, um, actually, I had a very lucid dream about being a monk and escaping from some people, uh, along with a few other monks. But I was not very sure if, if that was my past life or it was just a dream. Yeah, and then I, uh, I had a past life regression therapy with you, where I experienced myself as a, as a Tibetan monk in, um, in 1930s. And um, yeah, it was a very, very profound experience and it was very healing. I, had, I was a Buddhist monk, probably a teacher, but at that time, uh, something unfortunate happened and I lost my students and I grieved in that life. And uh, recalling that life made a lot of sense because uh, as a teacher, I was teaching in a university in Mongolia. I was a very, very protective <laughs> teacher of my students. And that made sense, uh, that made a lot of sense. And then also I started realizing, okay, this is the reason that um, all those Buddhist teachers uh, had this very special connection with me, asking, uh, always asking me to, uh, you know, do, do something with them or something for them, or uh, it was not really for them. I guess they were trying to make me, you know, get closer to um, who I was at least in the past and uh yeah that that made a lot of sense that's really interesting so we have that regression that we did together and that is actually on video as well so that's also on my channel so you can see some of the experiences that meg had and there there was like a big uh so now it makes sense looking back oh you know a lot of some of these things that were happening in my life and the way that i was acting as a child the way other people reacted to me the way i reacted to my students in this life now that makes sense when you look at things that have happened in my past life. And so, so the people that have maybe watched that uh, past life regression, they saw an interview afterwards, but now it's another six months or so down the track. So what's it been like integrating that experience and what other things have you realized or uh, how has that, that session affected you and, and, and recalling your past lives? What's that meant for you in this life? Yes, um, it was a very as I said, it was a very profound experience. It made a lot of sense about um, me. Um, I could understand why I am the way I am. Uh, at, this, at the same time, it resolved uh, emotional issues for me, uh, emotional and um, physical issues for me. And um, one of them would be, uh, I, I was always, I always had this problem with um, facing responsibilities and this fear. So uh, obviously that uh, came from my past life experience and that um, experience in my past life uh, under this um, therapeutic uh, experience uh, healed the fear and this kind of blockages that I had. Um, and also, uh, uh, I had knee problems as a young person. I started experiencing knee problems. Uh, and uh, actually during my past life regression, I found that, uh, that while I was um, grieving, I meditated for a long time. And the, the pain um, came from sitting for a long time. And it, it was very, very real experience. Right. Yeah. Right. And, I, and back then as well, I think you had like some darts about is past life regression really real 
And, you know, should I really go down this really spiritual path when there's my scientific path and that appears to be a conflict? But now you have, you know, since that time, I think it maybe it was nine months ago, a bit more. Since then, you've taken a lot of strides and are now a fully fledged uh, spiritual healer and teacher for, uh, for a lot of people. So that's uh, it's been an amazing development. Yeah, exactly. Uh, although I knew that um, past life regression would be very helpful, I always had this doubt, is it really real? Does it re really work? Can I do it? You know, those questions are always there. And uh, my own session really cleared those ones up. Right. And so for people that have been following it, we had that session, maybe it was nine months ago, but since then you've been given, and I think you've given some sessions prior to that in hypnotherapy and a bit of past life regression. In fact, had you given some sessions in past life regression prior to your own session? Yes. Um, I actually um, found you, your course on Udemy. Uh, and um, uh, that, was, that was just a foundational course. I started um, uh, learning the past life regression therapy for the first time there. Uh, that was prior to my own um, session and also my uh, uh, professional course in hypnotherapy. And after uh, starting to study the, uh, the Udemy course, I started practicing past life regression therapy on people that, who are close to me. And it actually worked <laughs> and it, it, it has been working. So that's why I think I got more encouragement to get a past life regression for myself. And also um, start, uh, because I had started practicing, I started having cases that led me to take a premium course with Past Life Awakening Institute. Right. Yeah. So because of your, you know, extensive background, so this, those, those certification advanced courses, there are a number of prerequisites. So it's actually relatively hard to get onto those courses, to be honest, because those prerequisites are quite high. You see a lot of the people on the podcast and people like Meg are psychologists and have a lot of training and, and experience as professional healers working with a lot of emotional and mental issues. And then the jump to working with spiritual issues is a lot less. So you look at my courses and think, oh, not a lot of training required and it, is it quite easy but there's so much prerequisite required to get onto the course in the first place and uh and so yeah exactly and also as you practice it you find that oh i can do some past life regression for some you know, relatively simple or moderate issues but then there are other things that come up which is okay now it's getting quite interesting i think and some in-person mentoring is going to be pretty important and so how did you found that process of uh and also the other, so there are two parts of, you know, when, as Meg says, when you train with the Past Life Awakening Institute, there is, uh, there's the mentoring in person where we can get into, they're really helping through the complex ones. And there's also working with my community of fellow healers like Meg and a lot of other people have been on the podcast so far. So how did you find that process of having our calls and then working with other members of the community that we've, we've got started? Yes. Um, yeah. So now looking back, uh, the foundation course is really a foundation. And then going beyond that, yeah, I learned a lot. The pre uh, during the premium course, I think um, every step of the process uh, taught me a lot. Um, taking up real clients um, and working on their issues with uh, in a very systematic manner with mentoring helped a lot to hone on the uh, the, uh, the uh, meth methodical, the technical side of it. Uh, 
also uh, working with my colleagues, uh, co-students, I would say, um, taught me a lot when it came to handling diverse kind of cases and also learning from other students uh, was made possible through uh, through our SWAP sessions and practices. Right, yeah. great. So yeah, so that's part of the journey into uh, doing a lot of past life and spirit releasement type sessions. So now, so we've talked a bit a little bit about your personal experiences. So I'm curious now about some of the client case studies that you've got. So can you tell us some stories with you know, a beginning of like what the presenting issues were and then how it was a how you dealt with it and then how it was resolved and what happened. So can you give us some examples from the people you've been working with now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so as I said earlier, I, I was doing, I was practicing a bit before I took up uh, the premium course. And actually one of my first clients, I usually call her my first client. Um, she had, she was interested in exploring her past lives, but at the same time, she had real issues to resolve. Uh, for example, um, uh, one of her biggest issue was relationship issue, why um, she uh, never got to develop um, successful romantic relationship and never, uh, she was not able to build a family. But it, uh, also, um, although she had education in English from a very prestigious institute and she's very good in writing or uh, reading, however, it was very, very hard for her to develop English speaking skills and the, she she thought it was not, uh, you know, regular problems that uh, comes from lack of practices. She she felt that there was something more to it, and that's why she wanted to resolve those issues with me. And while working with her, uh, we discovered a very very um, uh, interesting and found past life uh, past life uh, memories. Um, one is. Uh, one was where she experienced herself as a uh, Egyptian pharaoh, where she saw herself as a very angry man, and uh, that explained uh, some of her emotional, especially her anger issues. Um, and uh, but at that time, uh, I didn't really have much idea about where that lifetime would lead to. And then we carried on. And uh, she also, when we talked about her English, you know, speaking problem, we, we took her to, uh, an, um, I think it was England. Uh, she experienced herself as a bishop where um, she did, uh, she wrote a lot, but at the same time, she did lots of exorcisms. And, and then we found out uh, uh, from her guides that she may have, spirit attachment issues and that's when I <laughs> wrote to you that how, you know I was wondering how I should handle those issues yeah that with that our um, my spirit releasement therapy training really started and uh, this uh, uh, and this client's uh, you know issue went beyond what I really expected and um, we mostly concentrated on her uh, sessions as spirit releasement sessions, but uh, as always, uh, past life regression was uh, always a part of it. So um, we went back to uh, those two um, important past lives and we found out that um, 
uh, her lifetime as pharaoh shaped a lot in her. At the same time, we found out that she made an agreement with an ET um, to achieve a long life. And um, because the ET issue showed up many times, I couldn't really understand what the issue was. It was hard to do any relacement, but uh, towards the end of uh, our sessions, we found out that actually she made a contract and she accepted the NET to be part of her, um, to take over her body. So she had this somehow combined soul from the Pharaoh's time, also the ET. So that was a very interesting, um, discovery or it really expanded my understanding of how uh, spirit uh, how spirit works or spirituality works and you know um, how those kind of contracts and um, you know uh, those kind of um, decisions we make in our past lives can affect our current life and that was very interesting from the past life point of view. Um, at the same time, um, uh, when each time we talk about her English language blockage, this uh, exorcist, uh, this uh, bishop who did lots of exorcism came up. And during one of our earlier um, sessions, we found out that uh, there was actually a dark force entity attachment. And I thought I had released it. It was pretty simple, but um, after resolving many of her issues, and then we kind of came to the conclusion that, okay, so her the her origination had something peculiar in her, and that explained a lot about how, why she couldn't create relationship, why it was hard for her to build a family. At the same time, um, now looking into dark force entity issue, uh, at the at the end. Um, uh, opened my eye to something new because uh, in our one of our last sessions, we found out that um, the Dark Force entity was actually not released. And we had an interesting conversation uh, talking about how um, the Dark Force entity attachment was there, uh, not to be, um, you know, not to be affecting her in many ways, but mainly blocking her English to realize that she has something to do Actually, I also have something to do in this life to explore more about uh, light and dark and good and bad, you know, the duality of this life. And yeah, we're still having good, uh, having conversations on that. And, but um, overall, uh, concluding this case is that it was partly my client's journey of healing, but at the same time, it was a journey for me to develop as a healer to become um, spirit, um, uh, spiritual healer. Uh, so that was my conclusion. We're still working, but at the, um, as, uh, to conclude uh, her, her case, I would say that uh, uh, I learned a lot about how past lives, our decisions, our <clears throat> view of good and evil affects our, um, our life, our spiritual development. And at the same time, um, there's um, the, there's nothing actually good and bad or evil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. quite a few things to unpack there. And the first one is, you know, you start off as a psychologist and then you work with issues in this life and you think, oh, 
for 50% of my clients, they want to take it into a past life. And then you can take my Udemy course and learn some past life regression. And then when you do a few past life regression sessions, you can find out, oh, some of my clients need to take it into something beyond. Then we start, then you start talking about ETs, DFEs, and people are going, wait, what? I thought she was a psychologist. What is, what is all this? And so we'll unpack about a little bit of what that means uh, and, and this, these dualities, good and evil and dark and light and dark forces. But first, I think it's just interesting that you, know, you, you can learn if you've got a lot of background, you can have a look at the foundation course and do some simple past life regression and, and can be pretty effective. Um, but there is a certain point where complex things come up and that's where some in-person mentoring is going to be invaluable. You know, uh, the courses are really non-interactive. So you watch a video and it's kind of like reading a book and uh, you, you really need to be able to have that interactive teaching. And so we can take it to the next level. And, uh, but there is still a lot you can learn on those past life courses uh, and people can then put it into practice and, and, and really get started and have some good results on the simple to moderate issues. When it gets more complex, then more complex teaching is really helpful. But with spirit releasement therapy, I also have a Udemy course on this. And that course, and the past life course, there's extra mentoring I can give that's specific, um, but a lot of the foundation information is already given. On the spirit releasement therapy course, because of the nature of that course, there's a lot of information I don't or just can't give to people who are uninitiated, to people who I don't know what experience they've got, and I don't want to put that kind of information in the public domain more than I already have, which is quite a lot. Um, but there, are, there you can do simple releasement and a lot of people take those courses and have things come up and the, the benefits of having that course out there already is that people are not shocked and surprised. They are not confused and disorientated and think this is impossible. No one knows about it. This is all just too weird and strange. They can read my course or, or view it and, and understand what's happening and then do and either put it back in its box stay calm within themselves and, and enable some simple releasements. And so then that may all be well and good. Uh, there certainly can be things that get more complex as they have with you. So we've got earth, uh, earthbound spirits can come up. You haven't mentioned those, but even more complex, we get into DFEs, which are dark force entities, which often can have a malevolent or, or a kind of aggressive effect on some of our clients and blocking them in some ways, like you say, English skills. And then we can get into ETs, extraterrestrials, It can literally be, they can often attach devices or observe or get involved in ways that somehow, sometimes drain energy from our clients. Um, there's a, but then this is something that can get very complex. Um, some people feel that they have some sort of positive, positive influence as well, and that can be the case too. So we can get into now some of those distinctions. So, in, so we've now moved uh, from past life regression into spirit releasement therapy. And then one of the key principles that they're bringing up here, the ETs are saying to you, you know, or, you know, we're looking at these dark forces as being dark and bad versus light and good. But ultimately part of the therapeutic resolution and spirit releasement therapy is to transcend. Now we've transcended science versus spirituality. And that could be a big battle that rages for hundreds of years, but we can transcend it and just heal people. And then this light versus dark can be a big battle that goes on for thousands of years. But we also can transcend that and get into a resolution that, that is above and beyond that. So how did you find, and so can you tell us a bit more about, you know, how do you even define, or what do you mean when you say DFE, dark force entity, and 
How's that different from ETs and how are they interreacting? So and all of this, by the way, you, you know, remembering it came up during a past life regression. So you're aggressing to the past life, but in that past life, they got a DFE attachment and an ET agreement. So this is all, and so that's why you can't, in order to do spirit releasement therapy well, you have to understand past lives really well. To know past lives, you have to know hypnotherapy. To know hypnotherapy, it's good to have a basis as a healer. But once you do get to all of this complex stuff, how did you unpack it? And what, how did it, uh, so what was your understanding of DFEs anyway and your experience meeting them for the first time? Yeah, so <clears throat> I didn't really have much idea when I uh, got into spiritualismment, especially about DFEs. Um, and I think one of the reasons why I never got um, deeper into religious ideas <clears throat> or spiritual ideas before is that it kind of, you know, really kept me very clean. So I was like a very clean slate. I didn't have much of preconception about dark entities or, you know, those um, equivalents in other religious beliefs. So I had very little beliefs related to that. And I think that helped me a lot to um, learn um, this um, idea of dark force entity. So at this point, uh, I am, for my understanding, um, we, during our spiritual development, we, uh, we have to go through different experiences. And for that, uh, that reason, we go through our past lives to see how we evolved, basically. So and, and on that way, at some point, um, uh, whether it, it, it is out of ignorance or out of, um, out of certain, um, you know, um, certain limiting beliefs, uh, we tend to call on dark forest entities and make agreements, but that's really on the, uh, I think it's on the surface. It is really about, uh, although we look at it as a separate entity, it is really about our, uh, us overcoming our own um, shadow sides, our own problems. So um, when, once you go through those problems within you, whether it is through practicing um, certain, um, for example, in Buddhism, they, uh, they work with the mind, all the uh, problems in the mind, but also at the same time through hypnotherapy while going through releasement process of uh, dark force entities, we understand a lot about our own, um, you know, our own um, light and darkness in our own consciousness and how we can evolve, uh, you know, through that and how we can evolve out of that through the, the, experience, the experiences of the releasement. That's, that's my current understanding. Okay, and so what was it like for you, just even those first times you're doing hypnotherapy, you're doing past life regression and suddenly someone says, oh, there's an ET, there's a DFE. Did you, were you shaken? Did you find it scary? Did you not believe it? What was your, your just your first reaction? I mean, because I know there are people maybe watching and they're thinking, oh, I wanna, I read Brian Weiss, that's so nice. And I want to do like rainbows and light and past life regression, all this sweet stuff. But past life regression, it's like you will regress and remember people's deaths. So it's not all light. And there's, you know, but the irony is that, you know, in past life is actually so much about death because you died in order to come into this life anyway. And so sometimes people say, oh, I'm scared to go into a past life because I might remember a past death. But that's actually when you do remember that it's a very light experience 
So, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? We die. But then that becomes one of the most beautiful things that we can get a spiritual awakening from by, by getting it. So just in past life regression, we're dealing with what is supposedly a dark thing, but it turns out to be a very beautiful thing. And then we do spirit releasement. We find other people, you know, that like, well, I was scared of having a past life death. I'm, why would I want to do past life regression of dark forces and exorcism and ETs and de deals with the dark side come up? I don't want to deal with that. That's far too scary and, and weird and, and terrifying. But as you go into it, you know, that, that's sort of a, a light or dark paradigm. But if we go in just saying and understanding, you know, what it is, we can deal with it with calm, clarity, confidence, and peace. So is that something that you found? Or how did, how did, did you naturally bring in that kind of peace and understanding from some of your background? Or is it something that you were a little bit shaken at the beginning, then you realized, oh, no, it's okay. And you, you just kept asking questions, you kept following the process that I, that I got there. And then through that, you're able to get clarity and get calm and get confidence as you went along with it. Yes, um, as I said earlier, I didn't really have much preconception. So when I experienced those, um, you know, entities, I, it was definitely not pleasant in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't say I had fear. Um, I was more curious. I just wanted to know more about it. So I kept asking questions and I, the more I worked uh, with it, the um, less, you know, uncomfortable feeling I had, it actually, things made, started making more sense, actually. It was not only the spiritual um, issues, it was also, I started getting lots of answer to uh, my questions that I uh, have with uh, psychological services. And also I do uh, cultural psychological research to really understand why people suffer, you know, at the societal level, at the personal level. So it really answered a lot of questions. So um, I was actually enjoying that learning process. But uh, while going through that, I think I really um, got rid of any misconception or anything if I ever had. Yeah, it was a really spontaneous and learning process, I, I would say. So yeah, it was, I think I was more curious. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's nice. That's good. And it is, it can be the first time it happens to people. It can almost be like, you know, you're doing, you're just driving along in the session and suddenly someone hits the accelerator and you're like, whoa, this is now getting a little bit more intense. <laughs> And you may be, some people may just think it pretty scared, but you can just go, okay, I can drive. I can just stay on the road. It's actually quite exciting. Now I'm seeing the limits of what this vehicle can do. And, and I do have the resources here to, to know how to handle it. And I'm on a, a safe track. And so did you feel that, you know, the training that we did and the, and the, the videos that I had and then the mentoring, was that, helpful and it'll make you feel sort of safe through the process i mean it's the first thing uh, safe secure clear and what to do so it definitely can be confusing and it can be a bit overwhelming but did you feel you're able to quite quickly through the uh through everything that you brought to it were able to bring a calm and clarity to it yes exactly and um as uh you uh advice um we normally go through our the, our whole course once and then we have to go through it again. So going through the whole course itself uh, wake, uh, you know, awakens you to a lot of things. And 
well, of course, we are not passive learners. We're always thinking and you know, contemplating, and that clears up a lot of things. So you have this um, huge understanding and then step into the uh, therapeutic sessions. At the same time, as you said, um, the courses provide lots of um, you know, methods. So you have this tools, you know, a bag full of tools. So with that, you always feel confident and comfortable well, in dealing with uh, whatever that comes up. Of course, uh, when something stops you, when something that you've never heard of comes up, it's always a little bit of shock, but at the same time, uh, with those tools in your, in your, uh, in your bag uh, going through the process with calmness and confidence that you get from the whole understanding of, um, from your course really takes you through a wholesome process. Right. And I think and that having those tools there means that, you know, if you're in a session and it does, you know, start putting the, the pedal to the floor and speeding up, you can hold the wheel and keep it steady. I can't put a video course that has, you know, deals with every single situation that could possibly arise, but that's what the in-person mentoring is for. So, but the tools are there that if things do, you know, start to get uh, pretty fast in the session, at least you can control it. Uh, manage it so that it, it resolves, you can resolve that session certainly in a, in a pleasant, beneficial way for the client, put it in its box a little bit, uh, and then we discuss, and then it's like, okay, what's the plan for the next time so that we can, we can manage it even more based on all of the very specific individual things that have come up. So that's sort of part of the, you know, that advanced certification process that we went through. And, but that's what the advanced training is for. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what kind of conclusions. So we've got a past life progression where the Pharaoh past life is there. The, on the Pharaoh side, uh, he did agreement with the ET because he wanted uh, a long uh, life, uh, probably never ending life. So they came up with uh, the main message or the main idea there was the greed. Yeah. So um, the ET took advantage of that. And uh, on the other side, uh, with the um, DFE, the DFE uh, got to her when um, she was doing exorcism uh, as a bishop. Right. Okay. So just, just for people watching, just some of these terms. So we've got PLR, past life regression. While you're doing that, you found two past lives. The pharaoh connects to the ETs, extraterrestrials, and the DFE is a dark force entity. So earthbound spirits used to have a body, but then they attach to people. Dark force entities did not have a body, but they're spirits that have a dark master who makes them go off and do tasks, but they are being deceived by that. So they can have a negative influence on people, but, and, and also one way they have that influence is by creating ignorance, confusion, fear, but they in fact are being negatively influenced themselves to do that. And they themselves will come off as aggressive or attacking. So if you're doing sessions and, and you know, that's what I'm saying, it starts getting a bit fast. It may be that an entity comes through and starts swearing or being aggressive or having a very prickly attacking aggressive energy. So that's why we want to stay calm, clear and confident, which is I know they're attacking me and cussing me like a troll but I know they're only doing that because they're hurting, because they're ignorant, because they are being manipulated. They're trying to manipulate me with fear, but I'm not afraid because I understand what's happening. And they are, 
and they're being manipulated themselves. So the, the approach there isn't, I'm going to banish them and fight them and, and attack them and, and defend against their aggression. It's, I understand compassionately that they are being uh, manipulated and uh, they are ultimately beings of light themselves, even though we call them dark force entities. And we use that as a term and that is one way to see them, but ultimately they have light within them. So we end up releasing them and, and having them understand their inner essence of light and that they are free from the deception and the, the, the demands and the contracts that they think that they're in. We're able to then help them break some of those, those things. Uh, so yeah, so in terms of DFEs and that was, and this can happen. So when you take people back and you're doing a past life regression and it's like, oh, in my past life, I was a bishop doing exorcisms. And if I was doing it in ways that were not 100% skillful, then you may, the, you may have some problems come up with them that you can help them clear them. So, so how did you end up resolving it with, uh, with the bishop? Or is, it, is what I'm saying so far making sense? And have you found that in your case study? Yes, yes, exactly. And um, the very reason that uh, I believe that dark force entity attached to my client in that lifetime is that, um, um, she and uh, probably the whole society at that time had um, misunderstood a lot of misunderstandings about light and darkness and um, the very uh, idea that, that you know like being judgmental about you know those dark entities uh, was not really the way I think that that's what the uh, that was the main lesson in that and um, and uh, as we went on with our sessions we discovered that, she did not only do, do exorcism in that past life, she did many in many different lifetimes. And actually the DFU was mocking, then you gotta go and do your exorcism. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, as I said, um, uh, it was, I, I, I thought I released it in my earlier sessions, but actually it was not released. And it, it, it came back up and then it said that, uh, you know, people uh, throughout generations and throughout uh, centuries have, have been having very, um, you know, um, somehow somewhat wrong or, um, you know, limited ideas about dark and light. Uh, uh, actually, uh, it is not what we, what we uh, think it is. It, it is really about our own ignorance. It is about really realizing um, what is, um, what can be dark within us. So yeah. that's what it wanted us to understand. And actually, as you said, everything is actually of, of light. So it, it kind of agrees to release as long as we spread this message that there is nothing dual in it. And if there is anything dark, we think um, of as being dark, it is really our own, you know, um, darkness, our own, uh, deeds that can make us, uh, you know, uh, hurt others, make things do without compassion, make things out of greed, you know, it's all that. Yeah, that's really important. I think a lot of people when they come to just wanting to release spirits in general, the very simple version that I hear a lot is people say, I've got this bad thing, we've got to command it to leave. And they will then even in sessions, if, if it comes up, they may then get scared and then try and attack it and try and demand that it leaves and tell the spirit or the entity what to do, if it's a DFE or whatever, and just dictate. And, but, and, that's, and occasionally that can work. But um, uh, what normally happens 
is that the person thinks that it works. The person who's trying to be the healer and help them, they think, oh, I told them to go. And then my client said that it had gone and oh, I healed them. That was wonderful. I did such a great job in banishing and attacking and telling him to go. But that's really not how it works most of the time. Uh, that you'll be then tricked into thinking that it's been left. You'll be happy that you think you've healed them, but you haven't. And it's still hanging around in the background. So what we need to do is have a much more complex approach, which is to not just not to be scared or aggressive back to them, but to be uh, very compassionate and loving and understanding of what's happening. And instead of dictating and telling them what to do, we can engage to a degree and, and find out. And we, when we engage, we really lead the conversation, but we do elicit uh, information. So I don't let them lead the conversation, but we have a very structured guideline on what we want to say and we, what information we want to get and we stay on track. So we're leading, but we are still eliciting information. Why did you attach? Why are you doing this? What benefit do you think it's giving you? How long have you been doing? So we go through all of these things and this can take quite a substantial amount of time to really understand the full story. And once we understand that story, we're gently getting them to a point of realization which is, oh, based on all these questions you've asked me and all these answers I now understand, I can actually release. And so I think I'll do that. And we can say, oh, that's a great idea. So we make it feel like it's their idea or we make them understand that that's possible. And, and that's completely different than just telling it what to do. We're asking it what's going on and then it figures it out for itself through a very complex and, and detailed process. And so that's a big difference. So if a lot of people watching this who've, maybe experience, experience spirit releasement therapy or seeing some of the basic versions, uh, I think it's really important to know there's a, really, a, there's a lot more steps you can take to get to a full and final resolution. So a lot of times people are really surprised. Oh, I did this releasement where I said, you know, you must go into the light and it said, okay, and I thought I was done. But it, there's a lot more to it uh, in, in a lot of cases. So it's sort of, it's useful to hear that. And I think ultimately what you're talking about getting to that transcendent part. And this is where we sort of come back a little bit to past life regression, which is we have all of these DFEs or ETs attached. They can be attached for thousands of years. So you pick up an attachment 2000 years ago, it's still affecting you now or 3000 years ago. So time doesn't matter. These things, we carry them over. Some people get spirit attachments, you know, a year ago. Some of the spirit attachments we, we see are two and a half thousand, 3000 years old, and they're still here and have been going on. And so we need past life regression to be able to figure that out. Uh, and then as we go into that releasement process, part of it is also realizing this was all just uh, things that needed to happen one way or the another. There's a karmic message and meaning behind this. There are lessons to be learned. And so is it a bad thing necessarily that I had uh, this kind of spiritual experience? or good or bad, all it is, it's a learning experience. It helps us on a spiritual evolution. So that's another reason we don't have to be too afraid of it or too, as you said, too judgmental. We don't, you don't want to judge yourself. I'm bad. I picked, I must've done something bad or made wrong decisions or, and this is really important in a lot of therapies. You can regress people to past lives where they did terrible things and then they have so much guilt and, but by continuing through the process, you resolve any of that guilt towards themselves guilt towards or anger for what other people have done. So how did you find that you were able to get these therapeutic resolutions with your client? Did, did they feel this kind of guilt? Did they feel anger 
towards beings that might have you know been there anger towards themselves guilt uh, and so you go then we end up with this forgiveness or these insights so how did you get to therapeutic resolutions with this kind of thing yes um of course as you said people go through um different past lives where they have done different things and looking at that um I think many times it kind of, you know, the idea is kind of shocking to people and they can always have this guilt or fear or anger. However, um, when I think this modality gives um, uh, people opportunity to have multiple perspectives, it's not just me or you, it gives us multiple perspectives of how I affected uh, others and how others, uh, others affected us and what is the general, you know, lesson from that. So um, I think this modality, the greatness in that modality, is, it, it, it allows that. So because we allow that kind of process to take place through the sessions, usually at the end of the session, most people have forgiveness, self-forgiveness and forgiveness of others. And also they generally really took it as a lesson and go. And when I um, talk to other people and psychologists, I, and when they ask like, how does all these things related to enlightenment? And I say, well, people wake up to different things during their own sessions, whether, whether it is um, relationship, whether it is uh, anger or greed, people wake up to at least something and then yeah, that's what they take away from their uh, session, apart from the emotional and physical uh, healings. Okay, and so that you mentioned as well, there was there are those kind of lessons and spiritual realizations and awakenings. So, uh, and then there was a part where it was it sounds like it was a bit personal for you as well. Like there were things your client could learn, but there were also things for you to learn in witnessing that session and facilitating it. So what would you say this type of healing work uh, has taught or given you? Yes, um, it was really a journey for me to grow, I think. And also the higher self of the client also said, why do you think I would put this person in your path? It is for you to grow as a healer. It is really like your journey. <laughs> so that was it. And that's why I think uh, my client had all, like very rich background, very like multiple various issues uh, that I had to go through while learning about them. And uh, yes, ultimately, um, and one thing that was very interesting for me is that really the issues that come up or the issues get seen to be resolved really depending on my development, my understanding. And the more I grow, the more complex issue can present themselves to me so that I can resolve them or I can even grow to the next stage. So the, that kind of process took place for me. So in the beginning, it would not have been really possible to understand there's nothing, you know, um, actually there's nothing good and bad, nothing dark and light. Uh, it would have been something too um, abstract for me. But after going through all those past lives and also all those conversations with the entities now uh, led me to that there is really, really no death, no, um, and no darkness or no light, nothing good, nothing bad. Actually, there is, there's just this, you know, it's, it's just the, the experience. We just go through the experience and there's, um, uh, there's nothing really to judge. 
and um, uh, and if there is anything to learn, it is really uh, us who go through our own biases and our own limitations and our own um, you know problems that um, that we have. So yeah, it, it has been a, a huge process for me to awaken to many things. Yeah, that's great. We talked about some of the prerequisites about, you know, you're a psychologist and a professional healer that really helps you take this training. But then as you took the training and did past life regression, your spirit guides or the universe just said, Meg, we're going to give you something really tricky. Deal with it. And then you're like, oh my God, what is this? And I better contact Mark and do some advanced stuff. And, but that part, and this can happen to a bunch of people. So they may be doing sessions and thinking, oh, I'm now out of my depth or why is this happening to me? Or this is too weird. A lot of people email and say, I can't, I'd like to tell you what's happening, but you'll never, you'll, you'll never believe me because it's too weird. And I get these emails all the time. You know? And so, yeah, I probably would believe you. There's a lot of weird stuff. And, uh, and so we can go through it. And so that's something where if people are having this kind of experience where things get very weird and maybe a little bit scary and a little bit confusing, it, there's a very short jump between scary and confusing to exciting and fascinating. And so with that yeah. extra training, exciting and fascinating is just around the corner. And uh, so once you, you know, get that clarity, get a little bit of extra help and that I think the universe is pushing you to, you know, do a, take it another step further. And then when you do, it becomes fascinating, exciting and interesting and just really uh, awakening for you as a therapist as well. So we're really helping our clients, but in spirit releasement therapy, more than a lot of other therapies, even it's, it's one that really, I think benefits the therapist doing it as well. And as you say, there's no coincidence, you know, you're, they, people are guided to see you as a therapist to get help, but they're also guided to you to help you in your development as a therapist and your understanding of things. And there's a real, it's always a partnership as therapist and, and client, but uh, it, and it's a really an exaggerated form of that mutually beneficial partnership so what do you, what's the kind of things that you tell people who might be interested about doing this kind of healing work maybe they think oh you know that's it sounds a bit too a bit too exciting for me or uh, i'm not sure you know about it what uh, what would you tell people who are, who are considering going down past life regression or even you know, maybe psychologists who are thinking about past life regression or maybe past life people are thinking well, I don't know if spirit releasement therapy is something I want to do or not. What, what would you say? Well, um, but just going back a bit, um, I think um, the uh, even uh, through all the uh, all the you know surprises and during my sessions and you know the uh, the work of resolving them um, would not really have been possible without mentoring <laughs> because. <laughs> Um, at certain point, um, you get to this um, a very surprising news. It's very intriguing and interesting. But uh, without training, sometimes it's really hard to break through that. Yeah. So, for example, I really learned to have this conversation with whether it is the entity or the past life character to really get their story to crack the case up. <laughs> so that's really what I learned during the mentoring session. So yeah, so having said this, um, to those who want to uh, pick up this study, I would say that, well, if there is, um, if you have this 
intuitive knowing that you have to do something like this, just follow through it and try and see it because nothing actually happens. Nothing really hurts us. <laughs> if you have fear, especially, uh, it's just important to know that nothing hurts us. Uh, there's always a way out. There's always an understanding behind everything. So just try and start it. Starting the, the process itself is very important. So once we start, we go along the process. The um, the clients who come to you will have you have the uh, you know the the uh, cases to crack for you to grow as a therapist. At the uh, at the same time, also having a very um, uh, like trusting, reliable, and skillful mentor like you, Mark, would uh, help the process a lot. As I said, without uh, your mentoring, it would not have been possible uh, for me to go through those very, very complicated cases. So with this um, interest and intuition and also the, um, uh, the teacher, the mentor, the process can actually take you through a lot of interesting things. And before you know that, I think um, you'll be able to um, complete uh, uh, your training and uh, realize that you can be a professional healer. Okay, thanks. Well, thanks for those kind words. That's good. And, and you're right, there's always that balance there. Because I think a lot of times when these things come up, people think talk a lot about like protection and protecting yourself from these things and uh, and and getting right to the healing and applying a therapeutic resolution as soon as you can. And sometimes that makes sense. And I understand why people would do that, but and, and you need, but, and, but sometimes it's really most useful to have conversation. And there are times when that's not appropriate, there are times when it, it is. And part of the mentoring is to be able to tell the difference between those times and, and to understand what genuine protection is. So a lot of times protection implies I'm under threat, I need to be protected. So you're thinking about protection, but you're implying that you're a little bit afraid, a little bit unclear. And so for me, the ultimate protection is knowing there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be protected from. You just converse, you understand reality, you maintain a calm, clarity, confidence, and peace, and then everything works out fine. So protection, I think, is there for people who need it. And they're, to be honest, it's a beginning stage. But there's a point where you can, your ultimate protection is just, is just transcendental wisdom. That's the real protection that comes in. And, but it's, that's easy for me to say, I've been doing this for 25 years and I had to figure a lot of stuff out on my own. And that took me a lot of years, but you know, you can have this stuff come up and then you can contact me on zoom and, you know, you can get, you know, five years of learning done in a, in a few months. And that's sort of part of the benefit and blessing of the internet and, and having, you know, people around and available. So yeah, I'm glad to hear that that was uh, really helpful for you. And that's another thing, but just with mentoring, sometimes people, you know, you go down, oh, what do I do there? Oh, what do I do there? And just every time there's a little block, people can just get stuck there and never progress. But with mentoring, if there are 20 little things that might stop you, then, you know, and that may be, you may never progress or it takes you five, 10 years. But with mentoring, you're going straight through very quickly. So I think that's, you know, the benefit is profound. And then that lets you, get on and be a practitioner and spread the word. And then, and, and I really understand things in a short time, really deeply, which is you know what you've been able to do, which is really great to see. So, so I'm happy to see you are spreading the word and then bringing that uh, wisdom and understanding to, 
to all the people you're involved with in the scientific community and psychology to the, the spiritual and the cultural communities in Mongolia and around Asia and Japan and everywhere. So it's so great to see you doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah. And it's, it has been unbelievable <laughs> experience. I'm, I'm still, I like time-wise, I'm still a new healer, but it has been really intensified <laughs> training experience. <laughs> it's great to see you doing a lot of great work. So if people are interested in finding out more about you or working with you and getting sessions or following you on social media and learning from you, how can they do that? Yes. I, uh, I just recently launched my website uh, um I think it will be in the, um, li uh, the link will be uh, put uh, in the video, although my name is a little bit complicated. Yeah, so you can find me there, but the English version is not launched yet, but um, yeah, I'm hoping to launch it really, really soon. Uh, uh, so uh, if you would like to contact me in uh, one of these days, you can write to me. Uh, to my email info dot oh, sorry <laughs> mn at gmail.com um, yeah I'll be happy to uh, contact with you and talk about your healing journey and um, what I offer is that I uh, I call my uh, main um, services as um, uh, as a solution-oriented um, combined hypnotherapy because many people come to me uh, really for uh, a very specific uh, psychological problem or relationship problem. Uh, and uh, many don't really have any idea about what age regression is or what past life regression is or even spiritualismant is. So um, uh, I only... Uh, although I offer them independently, many people end up coming to me just, you know, solution oriented. So that's what I offer. And um, uh, please follow me on my Facebook, uh, Hypnotherapy Miegmartavel on Facebook. Uh, and it's the same for Instagram. Although I'm not very active on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I'll, you can find me in all those platforms and I'll be open to work with you. So that's great. I really encourage people to contact Meg uh, to, to see what she's doing. And if they're interested and feel connected to her energy, then absolutely, she's a wonderful practitioner and it'd be a privilege for anybody to be able to work with her. So, so Meg, thank you very much for coming on the podcast and sharing this journey. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity uh, to become a healer and now today to talk about my journey and and now my service. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening or watching. To find out more about my guest, see the links in the description for details. If you're interested in having personal sessions or certification training in hypnosis or hypnotherapy or regression to this life, past lives, between lives or spirit releasement therapy, then visit my website, thepastlifeawakeninginstitute.com for details. Thanks so much for watching or listening and see you next time.